1: Thanks for tuning in and welcome to IMRU Radio Magazine,
2: the nation's longest running lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender radio show. Out front and out loud since 1974. I'm Wenzel Jones. And
1: I'm Abby Dees.
2: And you've undoubtedly noticed we are in
1: fun drive at KPFK we this week. But we're going to make it fun. We promise. We still have a great show for you coming up tonight.
2: We are going to talk with Troy Masters, the managing editor of the L.A.'s Pride, the Pride newspaper, about the Christopher Street West Pride Festival's controversial switch to a mainstream music festival.
1: And we'll talk with one of the founders of CSW, Reverend Troy Perry, about the origins of the Pride Festival and parade
2: here in L.A. And speaking of origins, we'll share IMRU's 1974 origin story, courtesy of original volunteer Greg Gordon. Greg Gordon, who you is
1: still here and doing wonderful things. Yes, you do. That is a lot of show.
2: But wait, there's more. We'll also be talking in studio with KPFK's general manager, Leslie Radford, about this station and her dedication to the queer community and diversity on these airwaves.
1: Well, like we said, it is
2: P- pledge time. It is pledge time. And... You can start small, you could just donate $25, and you become a member of KPFK for that scant, scant amount.
1: And, you know, we know that people aren't just thrilled when they tune in and it's pledge drive time, but it really is what keeps KPFK going. We are sponsored really entirely, pretty much, by our listeners, KPFK and IMRU, but if you can help us, we would love to show you a thank you. And we have a few things, actually, on IMRU You Tonight that you might be interested in as a thank you from us for showing your love. If $25, like Wenzel said, you can become a member of KPFK. Um, for $50, you can get your own KPFK t-shirt, a
2: coffee mug,
1: or a tote bag.
2: And who doesn't want a t-shirt, coffee mug or, or tote bag? bag? I know. Yeah, I know. And more for tote $75, you can get from the vault which is 10 hours of gay and lesbian stories On CD, and that is from the famous archives just upstairs from here.
1: That really is some of the most amazing stuff in our archives. It uh, is. uh, The greats of our movement and our history. So if you've got a long
2: car trip coming up, ideal. It's
1: really good listening. And for $100, as a thank you to you, you can get a bundle of three books—
2: or a bundle of 6 DVDs.
1: And should we talk about those books or maybe we'll talk about them a Let's little later? Let's talk
2: about them later. We'll talk about them a little we'll coming later. They're great back books. To this topic you want them a few times. We know you want them. And for $150 you can join the world famous KPFK Film Club. Details to follow. And now here's the national and international news from this way out.
3: I'm John Dyer V. And I'm Jason Proctor. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBT communities around the world for the week ending May 7th,
4: 2016. Backlash against Mississippi's so-called religious freedom law continues. HB 1523, passed by the overwhelming Republican majority in the state legislature and proudly signed by Governor Phil Bryant, allows employees in both the private and public sectors to refuse service to anyone they don't like based on sincerely held religious belief or moral conviction. LGBT people are the less-than-subtle targets. A growing number of business leaders and entertainers have condemned the law. Hundreds of protesters gathered outside the governor's mansion in Jackson on May 2nd to demand repeal. Representatives from the Human Rights Campaign, the NAACP, the ACLU of Mississippi, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and Planned Parenthood joined in. The Kansas state
3: legislature adjourned on May 2nd without taking any action on two anti-transgender bathroom bills that would have rewarded students who reported violations of the law. The bills barred trans students in public schools, including state colleges and universities, from using the sex-segregated facilities that correspond with their gender identity, including restrooms, showers, and locker rooms. The bills offered $2,500 in damages to any aggrieved student who witnessed
4: a trans student using the prohibited facilities. What critics call the nation's most terrifying anti-trans ordinance was passed unanimously in late April by the Oxford, Alabama City Council and then repealed by a vote of 3-2 to just a few days later. The ordinance imposed a fine of $500 and up to six months in jail for the misdemeanor crime of using a public restroom that didn't match the gender listed on a person's birth certificate. Opponents led by the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ACLU, which specifically threatened the lawsuit, told the city council on May 4th that the ordinance also threatened the loss of substantial federal funding because it violated national anti-discrimination laws. Satisfied SPLC staff attorney, Shanir Ezi, told reporters that nobody should be criminalized for simply using the restroom. In a related story, rabidly homophobic Alabama Chief Justice Roy Moore has been suspended and faces possible removal from office. A state commission on May 6th charged him with six counts of ethics violations surrounding his obstructive actions against marriage equality following the Supreme Court's June 2015 ruling. He claimed that the ruling didn't apply in his state and ordered Alabama probate judges not to issue marriage licenses to same-gender couples.
3: Meanwhile, national political correspondent David Weigel noted in the May 3rd edition of The Washington Post that transgender people won a somewhat queer electoral victory this week. Far-right Republican presidential wannabe Senator Ted Cruz of Texas tried to make his last stand in the Indiana state primary a referendum on trans rights. He warned about predatory men invading women's and girls' bathrooms, and railed up and down the state against rival Donald Trump for not joining his crusade. Cruz then lost Indiana in a landslide and ceded the Republican nomination to Trump. Marla Kiesling of the National Center for Transgender Equality said that Senator Cruz's desperate attempt at using transgender people to scare people and drum up support clearly didn't work. Hopefully, politicians will leave us out of their rhetoric
4: unless they have something constructive to say. And finally, in this week's developments involving North Carolina and its offensively discriminatory HB2, the U.S. Department of Justice officially warned the Tar Heel State's dominant Republican Party that they stand to lose millions of federal dollars unless the law is repealed. HB2 bans local governments from protecting LGBT people from discrimination or from even passing a minimum wage that surpasses the state standard. HB2 is best known, however, as a bathroom bill, because it also requires trans people to use sex-segregated public facilities based on their birth gender, not the gender with which they identify. U.S. Deputy Assistant Attorney General Vanita Gupta issued separate letters to state officials and to North Carolina's public university system this week, warning that H.B. 2 conflicts with Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972. Both documents ban sex discrimination, which courts and the Obama administration have determined to include discrimination based on gender identity. The letter told state officials to begin a repeal process by Monday, May 9th. North Carolina and its public colleges could lose millions of dollars in federal aid if the law isn't overturned. House Speaker Tim Moore told reporters on May 5th that the Justice Department demands were unreasonable and politically motivated. Vastly outnumbered minority Democrats in the legislature reminded anyone who would listen that HB2 was debated, passed, and signed into law in one single day in late March. That's News Wrap
3: for the week ending May 7th, 2016. Produced by Steve Pride, written by Greg Gordon, and recorded at the studios of KPFK Los Angeles. Follow the news in your area
4: and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap from This Way Out is brought to you by you. Help keep us on the air and in your ears at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast. For This Way Out, I'm Jason Proctor. And I'm John Dyer V. Remember, you can hear all 30
2: commercial-free minutes of This Way Out on the podcast at thiswayout.org and on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher.
1: And, you know, things are happening so fast in North Carolina around HB2 that we have an update just from our little news story on it just now. Today, in response to a demand from the U.S. Department of Justice that the state of North Carolina repudiate the part of House Bill 2, HB 2, that requires that people use public bathrooms that match the sex on their birth certificates, North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory sued the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch. And then Loretta Lynch and the Department of Justice sued Pat McCrory and the state of North Carolina for violating the 64 Civil Rights Act, Title IX, and the Violence Against Women Reauthorization Act, um, which is a lot of law. That all happened today, and that in and of itself is amazing, and setting the stage for this issue to go all the way to the Supreme Court, I think. But even if you're not a law wonk like me, what was truly incredible— today was Loretta Lynch's press conference announcing the lawsuit. I don't think we've ever seen such a direct, clear declaration of the right to dignity and equality for trans people from our federal government before today. We have a little clip of that.
5: Let me also speak directly to the transgender community itself. Some of you have lived freely for decades, and others of you are still wondering how you can possibly live the lives that you were born to lead. But no matter how isolated, no matter how afraid, and no matter how alone you may feel today, know this, that the Department of Justice, and indeed the entire Obama administration, want you to know that we see you, we stand with you, and we will do everything we can to protect you going forward. And please know that history is on your side. This country was founded on the promise of equal rights for all, and we have always managed to move closer to that ideal, little by little, day by day. And it may not be easy, but we will get it there together.
1: That was just a little bit of the full speech, and I really recommend if you want to be moved, maybe cry, just Google search, Loretta Lynch, North Carolina, and this will come up. Somebody today at Slate.com, Mark Joseph Stern, wrote about this. He just said it so much better than I can. He said she was as fierce and passionate today as any member of the pantheon of American civil rights defenders. Lynch joined that pantheon on Monday. Her remarks are certainly the most important speech ever delivered on the topic of trans rights by any government official. They are a turning point in the history of LGBTQ. LGBTQ rights in the United States—a resounding declaration of the equal dignity of trans Americans—and I mean, I think this is today was an important day.
2: It was because I, I remember watching the speech and thinking at first. I thought, "Is she really talking about bathrooms in this place?" Oh, but then she so went so much far more than bathrooms. Bathroom. I know. So, thumbs up and kudos.
1: Yeah, a real moment today. So, meanwhile, back in West Hollywood. You might have heard Hollywood's kind of exploding right now over an announcement from Christopher Street West who uh, organized LA Pride. And we're going to explore that in just a few, in a few minutes, but first we want to find out about how LA Pride began and what it meant to the folks who were there. And there was no one better to tell us about that than one of its original organizers, Reverend Troy Perry, who's with us on the phone. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Yay. welcome.
6: I'm telling you, it's a pure joy to be with
1: you tonight. It's uh, it's an honor to have you, because i got to tell you, Pride certainly meant a lot to me when I was coming out many, many, many years I ago. I know, and
2: when I was in my 20s and going to my first Prides, and who was there in every parade? Troy Perry. Yep. <laughs> so,
6: Bless your heart. <laughs> I, Get- I'm telling you, when we met Morris Kite and uh, Bob Humphreys uh, back in um, 1970, um, to talk about what we wanted to do because of what had happened in New York. Um, it was very, very interesting. It boiled down to uh, um, uh, some of the, you know, we talked about a demonstration. Finally, I said, no, well, this is Hollywood. Let's have a parade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank God we did. We had to sue the city to do it.
1: And when you, so I'm going to interrupt that. you just for a moment, and you say what happened in New York, you're talking about Stonewall.
6: I'm talking about Stonewall, of course and uh, how thankful I am for Stonewall that took place there. Morris received a letter from New York City, in fact, and brought it over and said, Brother Troy, as he always called me, he said, uh, he and Bob Humphreys, and he said, I received this letter. Let's have a demo. They're talking about having a march and speeches in uh, Central Park, and, uh, you know, we could do the same thing. I said, no, no, no. this is Hollywood. We've got to do something else. And so we decided to do that. And um, I signed uh, and used the church name to ask for the CSW Parade. And um, they knew who we were before we got in the room. The police commission did. And Ed Davis, our chief of police, was there. And, of course, um, uh, the rest is history. How he um, uh, said he'd rather have thieves than queers queers marching. He'd rather have thieves than burglars. (laughs) What? I mean that was that was the most incredible thing as I think back to
2: that time. Now, Reverend Perry, I I just have to ask because it was Hollywood, um, and I think I know the answer. But was there any celebrity willing to be attached to that first parade to give a sort of? Absolutely not. I don't think so. (laughs) I,
1: I,
6: I, sorry. No, absolutely not. Uh, There was nobody that I knew who was a celebrity. Uh, Other than we GLBT people who marched that day, I mean, we were the celebrities that day, all of us
1: together. And there was, you know, it was really a brave thing to do because homosexuality was not legal.
6: No, it wasn't. And uh, we could, in the state of California, go to prison from three, pardon me, from five to 15 years if we arrested anybody. But heterosexuals didn't know it applied to them. Uh, they used it on us, but we could go to prison for all sex uh, from 5 to 15 years. And uh, if it was anal sex, um, you would go from 10 to life. It was open-ended, so a judge could give you that when we found, found it and won against the city here in L.A.
1: Did that make it hard to get a permit?
6: Oh, ho, ho, ho. I'll tell you, we thought it would be pretty easy, but it <laughs> turned into a mess. And I ended up going to the ACLU, Morris and I, and uh, and they assigned us an attorney, Herb Selwyn. And uh, Herb immediately went into um, uh, back to the, the police commission for a second meeting. And uh, he said, we're here, the city charter says, we have to meet with you twice before we sue you. So you've told the group here that they have to have 5,000 people marching. They've got to put up two bonds, one a million dollars, if you can believe it In
1: 1970.
6: And, and another bond for a half a million dollars in cash to, pl- to pay the police department, who would be needed to protect us when people started throwing rocks. And uh, we would duck and it would break out windows of businesses on Hollywood Boulevard.
2: And and i understand I'm sorry, I, I, we're running short on time, and I just wonder if we could spend a moment to address how important that parade was in the 80s during the AIDS years, because it was, it was so oh pivotal. Oh,
6: my God, it was so pivotal. You, you know, that parade every year, um, we didn't know. I mean, my God, uh, people started dying left and right, and we had to give them courage and it meant we got aid, people with AIDS in those parades. Yeah. Uh, we said to our government over and over again, you've got to change, you've got to help us. But President Ronald Reagan wouldn't even read the, uh, uh, the commission that he appointed on AIDS. He couldn't even read the report. And um, I'm one of those people who went to Washington, D.C., and was arrested in front of the White House um, and demanding that something happen with AIDS. And um, it was very close to me because of my partner, Philip, and I, who are celebrating uh, uh, June's, you know, in June, our 31st year together. Philip has been HIV positive probably ever since we met, but we didn't know it for two years when he and I were tested. And uh, so for me, it became a very personal issue. Mm-hmm but the parade made a difference for people. It gave people courage, and that's what it should do.
2: And thank you, know? you so much for your involvement and for being the face on the parade for so many of us because you were the reliable presence through well all my first parades. Know, I'm,
6: seven, I'm 76 now, <laughs> and I'm getting near the end of my life. You know, we all know as we get older, that's what happens. But how thankful I am, I've traveled the world. Last year was in Cuba for Gay Pride. And um, met with the um, uh, president's daughter, who is our uh, heterosexual ally, who's a member of the Communist Party, as well as being a member of the National We're, we're
2: going to have to have you come back just to talk about going oh, to Cuba yeah. for gay yeah. pride, because that yeah. alone is a half-hour discussion. A but thank you so much for calling in tonight and thank talking you. to us.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I do remember uh I've said this before. I remember the, the motto nineteen eighty five in LA was alive with pride in mm-hmm. eighty five and that had a lot of meaning.
2: To oh all yeah, of and us. act up was, was brand new and oh, oh yeah. I know for all those people who think the eighties were a fun time, mm. they weren't all fun, I'll tell you that. Well that was then and this is now. And last week the folks that run Christopher Street West made a bombshell announcement. So
1: to help us understand what that announcement is and what it means, we are joined via phone by Troy Masters. Another, Troy, managing editor of The Pride, which is LA's new LGBT newspaper. Are you there, Troy?
7: I'm here. I'm oh. at a, I'm, right now, I'm uh, attending a meeting of uh, to, to take back our pride.
2: <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll keep it short. <laughs> but in a yeah. nutshell, can you tell us what's going on?
7: Well, there's been a number of missteps with uh, Christopher Street West and their communication with community. And like That's the polite uh, understanding of what's going on. Um, there have been a number of uh, comments from people in the community that they're not being very communicative with uh, the community. They're not being very responsive to the needs. They're making decisions by fiat and just changing the direction of the parade. It has become the—there uh, there was a change of name for the parade. It's now the L.A. Pride and Music Festival. With a great deal of energy placed around the three-day music festival, um, there had been some issues with space constraints about the space that was available this year because it's come construction in one of the parks in West Hollywood, where the festival is normally held. Um, but it turns out that the parade is act- the the festival area is actually larger than ever before. But there's fewer and fewer all the time community. Uh, touch points with this festival, and now they have like a numerous uh, numerous stages for um, high profile um, uh, music people. So none of whom are gay, um,
1: right? That we know of. Right. We know of. well the the headliners, the ones that they've been featuring. It looks on the website. None of none of them seems to be a member of the community. None.
7: There, none of them are gay. There's no LGBT presence on stage. Any in any of the music performance stages, there's efforts to make uh, some things available to members of the community, but nothing has been solidified yet. Um, It's just kind of a a degaying moment for the L.A. Pride Festival. Um, It's quite obvious that they've determined that in order to stay viable, they they have to make money with a a Coachella-style music festival.
1: And I, I know that one of the, the justifications for this was a came from a memo from the uh, director of CSW, who uh, was quoted, I think, last week as saying that adding the word music to the title of LA Pride uh, is a subtle right. welcome to a younger generation who does not inherently understand the historical context of the event. I think this is which, it,
7: has, managed, which, which has managed to piss off both generations. Of <laughs>
2: their- Perfect. <laughs>
7: You know the, the millennials feel offended that they both, that the committee believes they are not interested in their legacy and the history that preceded them, and older LGBT legacy activists are quite upset that they feel excluded from the millennial definition of what the you know, the festival is supposed to be about. So it just has set off a rollicking community debate, and it was a cover feature for this issue of the
2: Pride. And what's with the cutting back on the um, <clears throat> community outreach booths? Because to me, that was one of the most important parts the of Pride. Of the festival. But, I mean, for, if, if for no other reason than free lubes and condom. But, I mean, that's <laughs> where you chiropractic learn. chiropractic adjustments. Right, right, right. But that's where you learn so much about what's available to the community, short of it's sitting down with clear, the Yellow Pages, which barely exist. Than,
7: I'm sorry. I mean, there's a little bit of AT&T going on <laughs> here. <laughs> Excuse me if I over-talk you. Uh, there's a kind of a tunnel, but anyway, the um, the there there has been part of the reorganization of the festival was to eliminate any kind of booths that don't belong to large sponsors. So there's not going to be any media booths from LGBT uh, local media, and there's not going to be any booths from small businesses in the community. And I would imagine some of the that includes the the booth that you're talking about, community outreach.
1: I know that some people are supporting this, and CSW is standing by it. Is there, I mean, what are they saying? What? How are they defending this?
7: Uh, they're just sort of, they are listening to the complaints, but they're trudging forward with their decisions here in the dark. Um, there's, uh, right now, there's some energy in the community to look at, uh, figure out if there's been any discussion with the board about the. Moneys that have been spent and the decisions that have been made so far, um, and it looks like, primarily, uh, what I'm learning is that m- most of the decisions are are made and then communicated to the board.
2: And and I was somewhat stunned by the decision to have only two media sponsors, L.A. Times and Frontiers. Mm. I mean, what 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 would the rationale be for that?
7: Well, I, I tried not to report on that because I have a conflict of interest. Oh, okay, yeah. good All point.
2: Right. All right. Said, on. I'm
7: happy to talk about it because I'm also pissed off as a human being about it. And <laughs> that that uh, that uh, the, the legacy of the 50 years of this parade has been to be as inclusive as possible of all media that serve the community. Um, this year, they have held back, and there's only one media uh, plus Adelante, which is uh, for Latino, but Frontiers and Adelante are, are, are the only community LGBT media, and LA Times is the primary sponsor of the entire event even over frontier.
1: I know that there's so much more we could talk about about this, but you're covering this, LA Pride is covering this debate. Are you are you planning on any more stories this week or where should people go to find out more about what's going on?
7: Well, just keep your eye on uh the com, and there'll probably be a story within the next 24 hours about it. Right.
2: Well, thank you for it's taking great time great out from your program. meeting to come talk to us.
1: Yeah, well, thanks you're Troy. Welcome i'm sure this i'm sure this is just the beginning of it so and come back and let us know what happens
2: and you get more stories like this we need funding yes funding um now always the story it's true you can go to our website kpfk.org and it will all be laid out for you there or if you'd like to pledge over the phone we do have people answering them now and the number is 818-985-5735. And you can pledge $25, which will make you a member of KPFK. That's got good karma associated with it. I know. It makes and feel we good. we want you to be a member. I know. And for 50 you can get the classic t-shirt, coffee mug, or tote bag.
1: Oh, Yeah. And then for seventy-five dollars, this is actually one of my favorite ones. You get a ten out. You get a ten-hour CD of MP3s of some of our some of our favorite LGBT stories that have been featured over decades now oh, on IMRU. With,
2: yeah, I mean, the archives upstairs are, are famous.
1: We've got Harvey Milk. We've got Barney Frank. We've got Ivy Bettini. We've got amazing people that really have made our history. And so that's a set for $75. That would be our thank you gift for you.
2: Now, for $100, you can get the Wolf Pack, which is six DVDs from Wolf, the film distributor. And those would be How to Win at Checkers Every Time, In the Grayscale, Leave It on the Floor. With, our, with our Ms. Barbecue. Barbecue. Portrait of a Serial Monogamous, The Girl King and You're Killing Me.
1: I saw the last two. Th- I saw three of those, actually, and they were great. Or you can get the book bundle. This is $100. If you're a film person or a book person, you can choose whether you get the Wolf Pack for the six DVDs, or the book bundle of three books. And those are really important books that just came out recently. The first is by Michelangelo Signorelli, It's Not Over, Getting Beyond Tolerance, Defeating Homophobia, and Winning True Equality. And then, then comes Marriage, United States v. Windsor and the Defeat of Doma by Roberta Kaplan, who whom actually- you interviewed? Yes, we spoke to her. It was great, fascinating book about a very important moment. And then finally, Frank, A Life in Politics from the Great Society to Same-Sex Marriage by Barney Frank, who Who
2: we also talked to. You heard him right here. And then for $150, the KPFK Film Club, and we'll give give you details on that later. But please call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org because... Revolutions cost Cost money. money. So still to come, Greg Gordon shares the story of IMRU's origin, and we'll talk with General Manager Leslie Radford about KPFK's future. Don't go
1: anywhere. We'll be right
2: back.
8: Oscar Wilde, magnificent playwright, coming up now on the Rainbow Minute. Oscar Wilde was born in Ireland in 1854. Graduating with honors from Magdalen College, Oxford, in 1878, his lively wit and flamboyance had blossomed. Those traits soon brought him the notoriety he craved. Not long after he married and fathered two children, Wilde began secretly sharing his affections with young men. In 1891, he found success with his novel The Picture of Dorian Gray. The next spring, he began a love affair with a young fan, Lord Alfred Douglas. In 1895, shortly after the success of Wilde's first play, Lady Windermere's Fan, he was arrested for his romantic liaisons with young men. He was tried, convicted, and sentenced to hard labor for two years. His brilliant career had effectively been dashed by, as Wilde put it, a love that dare not speak its name. The Rainbow Minute is produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns and recorded in the studios at WRIR in Richmond, Virginia and read by volunteers like me, Mike Heinerman.
7: Hello, I'm Barney Frank. And you were listening to IMRU Radio Magazine, out front and out loud since 1974. On KPFK FM, 90.7 Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 99.5 Ridcrest, China Lake, 93.7 San Diego, or streaming online at kpfk.org.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to IMRU Radio. I'm Abby Dees.
2: And I'm Wenzel Jones. And the
1: time is now 731.
2: We've heard about the origins of the Pride Celebration in 1972, but did you know that IMRU debuted on KPFK less than two
9: years later?
0: I'm Harvey Milk. I'm a supervisor in San Francisco.
9: And I'm Greg Gordon for IMRU. I'm and I'm, gay. I'm yeah. gay. And so am I. <laughs>
0: dawn of creation one eternal question has been asked down through the ages a question which has been known to strike fear into the hearts and minds of decent people everywhere a question so overwhelming in its challenge to human identity that some people have been driven to the brink of despair whenever such a question has been asked of them Are you ready to accept the challenge? Do you dare to confront the question of the ages?
9: I am. Are you? In 1974, KPFK, Tuesday nights at 11 was, as I recall, their sex hour. The first Tuesday of the month was Lesbian Sisters. The third Tuesday of the month was a program for gay men called Gay at Heart, hosted by a guy who went by the name of Morning Glory. His claim to fame, from what I understand, was that he had then L.A. County Supervisor Ed Edelman on the program during the oil crisis, and he asked Edelman if that was going to impact the availability of KY Lubricant. Anyway, that probably would give you some idea of the nature of that program. Anyway, Morning Glory decided to leave town. He was moving to Georgia to be with his partner. KPFK went to the Gay Community Services Center, which is what it was called at the time, near downtown L.A., put up flyers looking for a person or persons to take over for that third Tuesday of the month gay men's program time slot. I was... Uh, facilitating rap groups at the time and a guy by the name of Enric Morello and Colin McQueen and I, we volunteered basically to come in and our first program was in August of 1974. It was a live show and I think the subject was myths about gay men and it was open phones and we didn't take over the name Gay at Heart. The first name I can remember of the collective was the Great Gay Radio Conspiracy, and eventually we came upon IMRU. I remember driving to our first program trying to figure out whether I was going to use my real name on the air or not. Keep in mind this was August of 74, and I decided what the heck, and I did. And I had never had a better understanding of what the feeling of being liberated felt like until I was driving home from that broadcast because I felt so free. Um, We did our first production feature in February of 1975. The station had a theme of that month, which was romance. And so our program was Gay Romance, Some Alternatives for the 70s. And we divided it into monogamous relationships, open relationships, and being single, and the proponents for each of those. And we mixed with music, and it was pre-recorded. Yeah, those were heydays, I guess. I've been at this for a long time. I, I shudder to think about that from time to time, but I've explained to people, like my brother, for example, expressed disappointment in me because he doesn't feel like I achieved the potential that I could have achieved with my life professionally. And I've tried to explain to him that I really, it may sound corny, but I've, I felt this is sort of a calling.
2: Just turn you, ready or turn you on radio
0: turn you on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio this is Helene
5: Rosenbluth from Lesbian Sisters.
9: And this is Greg Gordon from the Gay Radio Collective.
5: Lesbian Sisters, providing programming specifically geared to lesbian women, airs on the first Tuesday of each month at 10 p.m.
9: And the Gay Radio Collective presents IMRU on all other Tuesday nights at 10.
5: Lesbian Sisters and IMRU will continue to bring you lively discussions, music, Poetry, comedy sketches, and the news of the gay community.
9: Now, Tuesday nights at 10 on listener-supported radio for all of Southern California, KPFK 90.7 FM. Please join us.
2: Our Greg. He's a, he's history.
1: He is. Boy, and he was right there in the middle of his... He's like our Forrest Gump.
2: I know. He is. Our Zelig, our whatever <laughs> he is. He's a special little creature.
1: Well, we are in fun drive mode tonight, if you can't tell, because we want to stay on the air. Not just because it's IMRU, but we love KPFK, the whole station.
2: So joining us in the studio to tell us why this fun drive is so important is the general manager of KPFK, Leslie Radford. So welcome, Leslie.
5: Oh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here.
2: So you have been here a year now, right? About a year. Just about, yep. And what would you like to say about your past year? (laughs) Whoa. Um,
5: I've never worked harder and happier in my life. It's been a rebuilding effort from the day I walked in the door. And we're surviving. We're making it. We're slowly bringing KPFK back. And I'm just really excited about the whole opportunity here for me. I really never thought um, that I'd have this opportunity to be part of KPFK this, this closely and this intimately when I started paying attention a couple of decades ago, and here I am. It's really wonderful.
2: Well, and and running a, a group like KPFK, I'm sure a lot of people think, oh, progressive people are all about getting along. (laughs) <laughs> but, but they're, in fact, a contentious lot, are they not?
5: Uh, progressive people are, as the program director said to me the other day, a lot worse than herding cats. Yeah. But th- that's
1: okay. That's part of the joy of it. Because some of us aren't cats. Some of us are pot-bellied pigs. Mm. And some Absolutely. of us are dogs yeah. and ferrets, you know, which and, is great. And you've got to get them all
5: coming and going and in and out of the building smoothly and try to make sure everybody gets along at the same time. It's It's a wonderful challenge. It's fascinating. The people I've met have been so dynamic and so committed to KPFK. I just love being
2: here. But in a way, though, it sounds like steering an oil tanker. It's like, I want to do this, but it takes 10 miles to get the ship to even begin to turn.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I thought I could do all this in six months. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, youth hope. No. (laughs) This This is going to be a several years effort, but we're doing it, and we're doing it in spite of Tremendous odds. I was just saying to somebody, you know, CBS has sold off its radio division. Clear Channel is looking at bankruptcy at this point. Um, KPFK is rebuilding radio almost single-handedly here. The Pacifica Network is determined to make radio a different and new and fresh and vibrant medium again. And right here at KPFK... We're making that happen.
2: But the business model here is so, it it seems to me so overwhelming and daunting because you don't take corporate money, you don't take government, or not much government money. I mean, you you don't rely on corporations. You have to rely on your listenership, and that's so unique and special and difficult. That goes
5: way back to our founder, Lou Hill, who came up with the theory of listener-sponsored radio that became all of those national public radio stations, all evolved from his statement about listener-sponsored radio. We bypass the advertisers. We bypass the corporations. We go straight to folks and say, if you like what you're hearing, it's on you to let us know that. It's on you to support it. And, you know, no, we don't take advertising. We are not beholden to corporations. Lou Hill saw that from the beginning. You will never hear us name drop uh, a product on the air because we've got somebody who's going to give us $5,000 to do that. It doesn't happen like that. Lou Hill is a pacifist, probably an anarchist, although Mm -hmm. there's no serious confirmation of that. Uh, Certainly, his model is not
1: capitalist. His model is, if you
5: like it, you support it.
1: And from as a programmer, I mean, what's so wonderful for us is we after our show, we have these meetings and we'll say, well, what do we want to do next week? What are you working on? And it really is a direct line to that's a great story. Somebody's doing something interesting. Let's do the story. There's no issue of is this going to piss off a supporter? Is this going to do it? It's just is that a story that is meaningful for our listeners?
5: We have virtually no editorial policies here except be kind to each other. Uh, you know, that's hard sometimes. It, we are anti-war, and we're about kindness, and beyond that, we don't have any editorial statements. We don't have any editorial positions. You folks come into here, and I will say, IMRU, you folks are among the hardest-working people here at this station. You have regular meetings before and after your show. You're, you know, you spend hours and hours and hours collectively on your production, on your research, on your editing, just to bring an hour of radio to folks. And it's all a gift of love, which is wonderful. But, you know, even gifts of love have underlying costs. Uh, You know, just the electricity to send this signal uh, out into the world uh, costs us. I mean, our electrical bill for this station alone is about $3,000 a month. Plus the twenty five hundred we spend for the transmitter at Mount Wilson. Yeah, just the electricity costs alone. I'm oh, we and... walked into
2: the studio and found microphones missing. Missing. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that stuff happens. But microphones you know... break. You can't go without them. So yeah. I'm just
1: going to pause for this moment because this is what we're talking about. It really is our listeners that are keeping this ship floating. Absolutely. And so I would like to reach out to our listeners right now. Um, If you would like to keep listening, if you like what we're doing, if you like what we're talking about, and this is something you want to be a part of for the foreseeable future, why don't you give us a call and give us what you can. It really doesn't matter if it's $5 or if it's $500. It means so much that you give what is a meaningful contribution for you.
2: But if it's 25 you become a member that of KPFK. True. That's true. And that number is 818-985-5735, or you can go to the website, kpfk.org. Now, can we discuss the KPFK Film Club? Because this is one of the best premiums ever. Absolutely. We're so pleased to be able to bring that back.
5: The Film Club is a deal where... For $150, just $150, we guarantee you 12 films in a year. The fact is that we're putting, making available 30 and 40 films. All you have to do is call the front desk, make a reservation, and you get tickets for $150 for a year's worth of film club. Movies from all over Southern California now. We used to be pretty L.A.-centric. We've spread that out. We've brought it back. It's a wonderful... Um, wonderful contribution to the station. I also want to thank all the theaters, and I wish I had the list in front of me, all the theaters who are making those tickets available because those are absolutely free gifts to KPFK to bring you in at $150. Again, if, you have, if you've forgotten that number, it's 818-985-5735 to join the film club or just make a donation to KPFK. It
1: just- I- Oh, some of the things, some of the films that have been in the film club are the fabulous Baron Munchausen, A Journey to the Beginning of Time, the fabulous World of Jules Verne. These are all very sort of similar themes. Midnight Special, Pay Dirt, Metropolis, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Recent ones like My Big Fat Greek Wedding Two, a Barbershop, The Next Cut. Tons of films.
2: And I have a cheat sheet in front of me that lets me know that yeah. the cinema partners include Cinema Family, the Art Center in Long Beach, and Tristone Cinemas. That's beautiful and you know I don't think you mentioned silent theaters on there. Well, oh, it's not on there. I told you it was one of my a cheat sheet.
5: favorites. I I love the silent theater. I love all of them. But silent theater is such a treat because you you can't get that sort of mm-hmm. film anywhere else right now. It's not they they have talkies there, but yep. the feel of the place.
2: Well, and is, the building has a, a bit of a history itself. Oh. Oh, I'll tell you afterwards. <laughs> I, oh, okay. I thought everybody knew this one. No. But anyway, know. Film Club is $150, and you can just call 818 985 5735 or go to the website kpfk.org. Or if you would rather have movies that you can watch at home yourself, you can get for $100 The Wolf Pack. Uh, that is six DVDs, and they are How to Win at Checkers Every Time in the Grayscale, Leave It on the Floor, as we mentioned, starring our very own Miss Barbecue. Portrait of a Serial Monogamist, The Girl King, and You're Killing Me. And you've seen a couple I of these, haven't
1: yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. No, the most recent one was You're Killing Me, which I thought was hysterically funny. That was a great <laughs> film. And one of the uh, person that we interviewed was a serial killer in the movie, and so I was kind of alarmed to actually be sitting here with him, because he was very convincing <laughs> as this sort of attractive serial killer.
5: That sounds like a bundle <laughs> I may have to get. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: There you go. You can pledge right now. Well, so for those people who think who tune in that go oh god it's pledge break again I mean how how can we make this a little easier for people to get their heads around that that pledge break is just sort of something we have to do
5: it is something we have to do you know and if you add if you added up all the advertising minutes over the course of a year that you're not hearing because this is KPFK Mm -hmm. it would just about equal our fund drives I mean that's really how it works I've done the math and it's pretty darn close um I would also say to everybody out there who's thinking to themselves, oh, yes, I should do that. No, do that. Now, take out (laughs) your cell phone, okay? Take out your cell phone. We've got folks in the phone room right now who are volunteering their time to take your pledge. Don't tell yourself you're going to do this later. You're going to get the film club later. You're going to get that wonderful bundle of DVDs later. Do it now. Just take care of business right now. Dial 818-985-5735. I should say that slower, shouldn't I?
1: Well, we can do it together. Eight, nine, eight, 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 five, 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 seven, seven, three, five. five.
2: So, Leslie, what do you see in the future for KPFK now that you've been riding this horse for a year and you've got it, you know, it's sort of following uh, your lead?
5: Well, it it is sort of following my lead, I hope. Um, What I want to do, a big dream here, is recreate radio as a brand new, amazing medium in the 21st century. The word radio is apparently, according to all the linguistic reports out there, an old-fashioned word.
2: But it's a charming old-fashioned word. It is a
5: charming old-fashioned word, but it's been replaced by broadcast. Oh. I want to make radio, the word radio, something that people get excited about now. It's not just retro, but it's both retro and it's cutting edge at the same time. And we're working on some of that. I mean, it's hard. We have lots of listeners who are very used to what they hear on the air, who are very used to their favorite programmers. And, you know, I love everybody here. But we've got to find a model for radio that works today. And will work 10 years from now and will keep KPFK on the air 10 years from now and 20 years from now. And for those folks who are older, like me, I was accused of being ageist until someone found out my age. (laughs) Um, But those of us who are older, we need to understand that we're building a KPFK that you heard back in the 70s. Only we're doing it in a 2016 kind of way. And we're doing that so that we can get folks who were you back in the day – listening now so that the station will be here in 40 years. And then they'll have to do the same thing, maybe. They'll have to say, ah, we sound like we're kind of out of 2016, so maybe we need to make some changes. That's what we're doing here, and we're exploring ways to do that. Some of our explorations succeed, some of them don't. But if you're willing to be a part of this experiment to create something new and vibrant out of the whole history of kpfk which by the way i just found out is just as old as i am are you that uh-huh. apparently you were, this show was on the air back in 1956 when we started this station has been on the air ever since 56, is that? Correct? I think our show is 74. Yeah. 74, okay. KPFK <laughs> not is. Not with us, but. Now, <laughs> you haven't been here since 74. No,
2: I just feel like it's something.
5: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, KPFK's been here since uh, since 1959, and we want the IMRU show for the future here.
1: Yeah.
5: You know, I'm not saying that we need to scrap everything and start over again, but I think everybody needs to be on point to find what it means to be here today doing
2: what they do. Well, another thing is your listenership is so diffuse because your programming is, there's so many different types of programming on this station. How do you focus? How do you even get your head around what goes on here? How do I focus or how do we focus the station? Those well, how, do you, how do you run the station? I, I just can't even imagine trying to get my head around all that goes on here.
5: Oh, I, I don't have my head around all of it. Some of it just goes careening out there somewhere, and I go, Oh, where did that go? That's interesting. Fine. I, I
2: need to believe you're an overlord. <laughs> 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 and you can become part of the magic here for only $25 if you call 818 985 5735. You can become a member or go to kpfk.org.
1: And I want to mention one of the other things you can choose at the $100 level, and that is our book bundle. Oh,
2: books. And, for and smart those are,
1: we've got three. Three books that really, really describe the history of the last few years so beautifully in our well our LGBT history. The first is by Michelangelo Signorelli, who, who wrote,
2: Steve Pride interviewed. See, we have
1: talked to all these people. We have, we have our <laughs> fingers on the. These pulse. are not just
2: acquaintances; these are close friends. In the no, we Whoa. had like good
1: interviews where they told us secrets. Mm-hmm. That book is "It's Not Over: Getting Beyond Tolerance, Defeating Homophobia, and Winning True Equality." Then we also, because we talked to Roberta Kaplan here in this very room, she wrote Then Come Marriage. Well, she wrote that book about her experience of taking the case of United States v. Windsor and ending DOMA to the Supreme Court. Um, That's part of the bundle of three books. And then finally, we have Frank. A Life in Politics from the Great Society to Same-Sex Marriage by Barney Frank, who also came here and talked to us.
2: And those book bundles are $100 for all three, a bargain by any estimation. And don't forget, there's also the Wolf Pack, which is six DVDs. That are Gay and Lesbian, How to Win at Checkers Every Time, In the Grayscale, Leave It on the Floor, again, Miss Barbecue, shout out, <laughs> Portrait of a Serial Monogamist, The Girl King, and You're Killing Me, $100 for six DVDs or three books, 150 will get you the KPFK Film Club. So just call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org.
1: Or if you've just got a little bit that you want to share with us because this kind of stuff means something to you, please call us. There really is no amount too small and we appreciate everything that you can do. And by doing that, you really become part of this history. Just before we started talking, Leslie, you we were talking about how KPFK started in 1959. And you had said, I made the comment that that was when my mother was still a John Bircher. And I know my mother's going to call me after this and get very mad that I said this on the air because she's no longer a John Bircher. She's a good progressive. But you then you said that there was actually a John Birch show That's my on understanding. The
5: That's my understanding that we really started with... Uh, uh no real political direction just doing things that were not being done and somewhere in the 70s with uh, in the late 60s with the civil rights movement the lgbtq movement the feminist movement we became what we are today which is progressive radio and still we broadcast things you will not hear on mainstream media If you listen to mainstream media anywhere, you won't hear the information, the news. You won't hear the discussion of the Pride Parade that you just heard here. You won't hear that anywhere else on your news. And we're going to be focusing more and more, um, as long as I'm here, on that sort of local issue, on that sort of what's happening in the streets. Most media today is focusing, uh, is syndicated, meaning it has to broadcast uh, the same thing here as it does in Washington, D.C. <coughs> <Okay. coughs> Excuse me. And she's back. And I'm back. <laughs> and there's a there's a big niche here in radio for what's happening on the streets of Southern California. And we're going to be addressing that. We're going to be working with that. But I also want to tell everybody who's listening that I personally look at the numbers from each show. And I look at how many people pledge. And that's you know, part of a an equation that has a lot of variables in it. But if you support IMRU, don't wait to pledge. You need to pledge while they're on the air. And those are the numbers that I'll catch when I do that review. Um, and if that motivates you, the number again is 818-985-5735. And okay. another thing
2: about KPFK, and this was mainly during the Bush years, <clears throat> but I would hear stories in the mainstream media, and I would think, that can't be right. And then i Move over to KPFK. <laughs> and they would say, okay, this, is a, this document is fraudulent. And like four days later, it would Absolutely, hit the mainstream yeah. news. It's like it, here they told you.
5: They told you. And they told you the truth about it. They, yeah. You know, we never wobble around the issues. We never hint at things. We come out and tell you what's real. Yeah. Uh, you know, we tell you the truth as as well as we know it all the time. And, you know, we're not... That uh, so-called fair and balanced station that insists (laughs) on giving you all the sides, including the crazy and
1: inaccurate ones? No, We'll call it. We'll give you the truth. We'll call it. Okay, so then I'm going to put you on the spot, and I I need your truth. All right. What does IMRU mean to you?
5: What does IMRU mean to me? Um, You know, I did not grow up with... Pacifica stations. I was living somewhere where there weren't any when I grew up. So what I am are you means to me is that as I explored my sexuality and discovered I am are you, I discovered that there was a bunch of people out there who'd been talking about exactly what I needed to hear and couldn't hear when I was growing up. There were people out there, as I felt like I was all on my own, exploring what it was to be, well, first a tomboy, and then I think the word was bisexual, and, and then it became pansexual, and now it's fluid, gender fluid, whatever that is, that, I, that a lot of people in L.A., in Southern California got some support in that journey, Along the way and when I came here to LA and you know it's always been an exploration for me my sexuality and you know I discovered that there are people who have been talking about this for 30 40 years now and having these conversations and it felt I won't say home. But it felt comfortable. It felt
2: right. It felt like, oh, thank God. Well, and you've got the strongest signal in the area. So Absolutely. this this isn't just an L.A. show. It goes out to Ridgecrest, it goes down to San Diego, goes up to Santa Barbara. goes so, out to Riverside. Yeah,
5: it's all over the place. reaches a lot of 110,000 watts, the biggest signal west of the Mississippi. And, and you
2: can be a part of it. Just call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org. $25 to be a member. $50 for a t-shirt, coffee, mug, and tote bag. Seventy-five dollars for Friend of the Vault, gay and lesbian stories.
1: And Leslie, I really want to thank you for saying that because I think that's what I am. or you meant to me means to me now? Meant uh-huh. to me thirty some years ago when I came out, and I know it means something to people listening all over Southern California. So and our
2: director is using exclamation points, so we, we, have we have to go. To baby <laughs> so our our thanks to I Am or coordinating producer Steve Pride, our director Michelle Marie Gilkison our board op Gary Baca, and our Rainbow Minute producers Jed Proctor and Brian Burns. You
1: can find us online at I Am imruradio.org and follow us on Facebook at radio, where the link to the latest show is posted every Tuesday afternoon.
2: Oh, P.S. Thank you so much for coming, Leslie. Okay, we'll close with a mashup from outgame musician Brad Hampton. That is pretty self-explanatory.
1: Brother, can you spare a dime and ten cents a dance?
2: Good Good night from the New Depression. Once I built a railroad
0: Made it run Made it race against time Once I built a railroad Now done. Brother, can you spare a dime? Once I built a tower to the sun, brick and rivet and lime.
8: Once I built a tower,
0: now it's done. Brother, can you spare? Ten cents a dance That's what they pay me Gosh how they weigh me down Ten cents a dance Pansies and rough guys Tough guys who tear my gown Seven to midnight I hear drums Trumpets are tearing my eardrums Customers crush my toes Sometimes I think I found my hero But it's a queer romance All that you need is a ticket Come on, big boy, ten cents. Say, don't you remember? They called me Al. It was Al all the time. Say, don't you remember?